All right. All right. Here we go. Award winning podcast in three, two. Hello, everybody. It's Tony Barnhart here with the media guys for yet another version of our award winning podcast. Uh, it is. Uh, it is a holiday week, and it's going to be the first big week of the season. Uh, before we get going, uh, let's go give tribute to our sponsor, APA, A-P-B-A, the unchallenged king of realistic game simulations. Uh, Mr. Blousen is a big-time customer of theirs. And, of course, uh, Dave at uh, Revelation Studios. Without Dave, we would not be here doing this, so we thank him before we get started. So let's call the roll from lovely Sichuan, Mass, the Jersey guy, Mark Blashen. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon, Tony, and it's football season. Let's go. Absolutely. From lovely Chicago and points unknown, the infamous Herb Gould. How are you today, Herb? I'm good, and, uh, you know, we're not going to have college football, but the rumor is there might be some NFL football in the Midwest anyway. Well, we'll just take anything we can get at this point. Mr. Tom Lucy from the Jersey area. Yeah. And right Ocean, Ocean Point, New Jersey today. I love it. I absolutely love it. So guys, let's let's well let's get started here. We got first of all, we got BYU and Navy tonight. Uh, that was a game we were hoping was going to be Notre Dame and Navy, but it didn't didn't work out. But that's uh that will give us some uh, entertainment. And this is the first full week. The ACC plays their full schedule, and the Big 12 gets part of their schedule. Guys, let's start here. We have seen two – we saw a, a, one game two Saturdays ago. We saw several games this Saturday. Let me start with you, Mark Blaston. What What were your general impressions from the first few games that we've seen? One thing, Tony, was that there were games, which is, you know, a lot of people thought, didn't think it was going to happen, and they, they were – some of them were fairly entertaining. It was it was decent football, and, and it was some early, early game jitters and then early season jitters, which we'd expect in any year of just not being used to uh, playing football. So I thought for the most part, I would give it a, a good solid B average in terms of what, what we got to what we expected. I mean, it, it wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible. And, and, and it, but it, the big thing was is that it happened. Herb, what, what did you what did you think of the early games? It's it like we were all on pins and needles. That first game between Austin P and Central Arkansas, there was there was hardly anybody there, so that was not an issue. But uh, you just wondered what it was going to look like. They played that game. That was a pretty entertaining game, and we had uh, several games last Saturday. What what were your impressions? Yeah, you know, I think that the football looks like football. I mean, I had no problem. You know, the problem, I guess. Not problem, but the question I have is, you know, who's on the jerseys? I mean, I don't – we're watching, I think, was it SMU and Texas State was a pretty good game. Central Arkansas, you know, showed up pretty well. Um, you know, the, the, the football looks okay, and I saw that they had limited fans in the stands, um, and they seemed to be socially distanced, which was good. Um, yeah, the football isn't the problem. I think we just wonder about, you know, all of the outside influences of when we get to it. I, I want to ask you about the Tennessee situation uh, and, and that we've talked about last week where, you know, inability to practice because of positive tests. But the football itself, I, I was, you know, I thought was very okay, you know, given the teams that were playing. 
Well, we're going to look. We're going to look at this week's schedules and this week's headlines. Before I, we do that, I want to go back to the the scintillating soap opera that is the Big Ten. Uh, and, and Luch, what what we have seen since we were all last together is, you know, everybody's blaming Michigan now. Uh, the Michigan president is holding things up. You got the president of the United States saying, well, it, we're getting close. What in the wide, wide world of sports, Mr. Lucci, is going on in the Big Ten? Nothing like a little unity, you know, um, uh, to, to help the situation. And we had Jim Harbaugh marching, you know, uh, you know, uh, for free Big Ten football. Let's play. Um, I'm sure he wants to every game except one every year. Uh, it, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's like somebody told me the other day, it's, you know, when something bad happens, it's just 2020. It doesn't make sense. You know, it just doesn't seem like anybody is on the same page about anything. Uh, specifically, I'm talking about college football now because that's what we're, we're discussing. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just so much chaos and disorganization and, and so many people pulling from different sides that uh, I really am grateful that the games are going to start because I, I just don't – I'm tired of it. I, I just don't want to hear another you know, uh, person saying that this should be done or that should be done. It's this person's fault, not this person's fault. This coach saying I want to play and other coaches saying you – know, I mean, they just had a massive uh, breakout you know, from what I saw at the University of Indiana. You know, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's no answer, but the solution is not to be carping at each other. Well, the uh, just a reminder: every all the stuff that we write uh, on a daily basis can be found at uh, si.com/tmg. si.com/tmg for the media guys. And this week, uh, Mark Blauschen has already put up a post. And basically, I think Mark summarizes this Big Ten situation for all of us. Uh, make sure I'm characterizing what you wrote correctly, Mark. But basically, you're telling the Big Ten. Either play or shut up. Correct, and 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 that's the biggest problem. As Lucy said, is is I we had, we during when July August, you know, no one's playing, and you have all these disputes about whether it's right to play or not. But it's play fine. You can make a decision. But now we're at the games uh, for for the rest of the country, and if the big can wants to play football. Let them pick a date. Let them say we're going to try and play. If they don't want to play, then then, then don't play. Enough. I don't want to hear it. Anymore. And the, the games are being played now, so we have. I, I really have no like Lucy said. I'm tired of it. I, I'll focus on what I, what I see in front of me, not what might happen or what could happen or what should happen. And and the Big Ten's biggest problem is they can lost control of they have they have no control of the message they're trying to send out. I don't know what the message is they're trying to send out, but enough is enough. And the Pac-12, to, to, to a certain extent, is the same way. Um, it's interesting that the other leagues that have stopped, uh, the Ivy League was the first, but also the, the Mid-American Conference in the Mountain West, we don't hear a peak from them. They accept right. what they did, and they're going out their business. Why can't the Big Ten and the Pac-12 do that? Either pick a date, we're going to play, or we're going to try to play, or keep quiet. We, we have to you, want me to, you want me to answer that, Bob? Go ahead. This, this is not Russia. People have different opinions. They are allowed to express them. As, as Tom mentioned, we're in an unprecedented time. I mean, there is a big disagreement there. I really don't think there's any question about whether they're going to play football. I don't think they're playing football. That decision was made. Fine. That's right. It was a, but, but, you know, whether they're – but there are a lot of people that don't accept it. And so they're okay. going to voice their disapproval. I mean, it's 
it, it's a right to protest. And there there has been, you know, very, very minimal kind of movement. You know, the Big Ten put out a thing where they're studying a little bit. You know, you know they made a bad call and they, they, they refused to get off of it. But that doesn't mean that everybody's going to sign off on a bad call. I mean, if, they, if there's a bad call, they're going to voice their disagreement with it. Well, but here's my question, Herb. How for how long? How, I mean, yeah. I understand all of that. That's until they had, until they had six weeks to do it. Until there's time to play football again, it'll be for the next year and, and beyond. It's going to always be there because people disagree on a decision. Let me put it okay. this way. Tony, what if it had gone? And I've been thinking about this a lot. How would you, how would you feel, Tony, if the roles were reversed and the SEC had been the league that said, "No, it's not safe. We just got too many uh, medical problems and questions." How, how would you deal with that? Would you expect everybody to sit on their hands? Would you be able to deal with that? No, no. I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. No, everybody would not sit on the hands. The fans would complain and they would race. And they'd be, but here's the difference. I can promise you that had this happened in the Southeastern Conference, one of the head football coaches in the Southeastern Conference would be not would not be marching with parents to uh, protest this. OK, he, he would not be he because the commissioner would tell him we made a decision. You have to live with it. Keep your mouth shut. The coaches know. Coaches know to keep their mouth shut at times like this. Now, Tony, let me the, just the, let, yeah. let me just weigh in real quickly. I think the difference, and, and I, I understand what Herb's saying, but I, I agree more with Blau about this. You know, the put up or shut up. The, the difference is the Big Ten has become a distraction to everybody. We want to play football. The Pac-12 is not acting this way. Right. They're not being a distraction. So, like Mark said, put up or shut up. If you want to play, play. You don't want to play, play, but don't take away from the rest of college football, which is what they're doing. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's just, well, all I know is, is that it's clear that the, the, the governor of the state of Michigan does not want to play. It is clear that the president of the university of Michigan does not want to play. Normally that would be the end of the discussion. Uh, and so that, that's what's so fascinating to me is that Harbaugh is sticking his neck out, uh, and I, I can't believe the president had something to say about that. Uh, now, but speaking of the Pac-12, guys, didn't it warm your heart last week? And, Mark, I'll start with you. Didn't it warm your heart that Larry Scott finally got a win? Okay? He finally got a win. In the court of public opinion, he finally got a win last week. Well, he, he, he claimed to win, but, but again, he's got to collect the, I mean, he, let's put it this way, he hasn't cashed the ticket yet because we still, I mean, I know what he said, I know what everything he said, but let's see, it be, let's see what happens in two weeks if those machines actually show up and, and actually that, that happens. I mean, it, it looks good on paper, but with the Pac-12, I'm not sure. Well, I, here's the thing, though, but if, if, if Larry Scott is right, and we come up with these 15-minute these tests that are in widespread use. And this, the swab test has already been out there for a while. I understand that. Um, but to me, that, to me, it's a game changer. If you can test the day of the game or the day before the game and put a team out there that you feel reasonably confident is not, does not have any infections. What, do you, what, what about that, Luce? I mean, does, yeah. does it, if it's yeah, true, it, isn't it a game changer? Yeah, but again, yes, it is. Uh, but again, we're talking about 
the Pac-12 looking for solutions and, and the, uh, the Big Ten being a, a distraction. I mean, uh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh came out and said, I don't know, they've run a thousand tests with no negatives. Well, that's great for Michigan, but what about the rest of the league? And like you said, his president uh, apparently doesn't want to play football. Neither does the governor of Michigan. So it doesn't matter how many uh, negative tests that, that Michigan has. If the rest of the league can't play uh, Michigan, I guess it'll be Michigan and Nebraska play the whole season because Nebraska wants to play as well. But, uh, you know, yeah, like I say, the, the difference to me is the Pac-12, when they, when they had something to say, it was about a potential solution. I haven't heard any of that talk from the Big the Big Ten, except we want to play, we don't want to play, we're still in the Big Ten, you know, we're marching against the Big Ten. I, I, how is that helping? I don't know how that's helping. Right. Okay. It, it, it is a fascinating, fascinating thing. One other thing I want to touch on before we go to, to the to the game, some of the games this week. Uh, down in my part of the world, around the SEC, it was, it was a tough week for LSU, tough week for Tennessee uh, from, a, from a player standpoint. But let's talk from a personnel standpoint. Here we are today, uh, as we tape this, we're less than 20 days away from the start of the SEC football season. Jamar Chase, the Bolitnikoff Award winner, arguably the best player at his position in college football, had come back to play one more year. Last week, he decides that he is going to opt out. So not only does Jamar Chase opt out at LSU, oh, which, by the way, leaves them with only six players, six starters from last year's championship team. Then at Georgia, Jamie Newman, the transfer from Wake Forest, the guy we all thought was going to be their starting quarterback, uh, he opted out, saying that he, had, even though he'd been on campus since January, he decided last week he was going to opt out. So the big question I have for the group is this: uh, as we get closer to the games being played in the SEC and the ACC, are we going to see more of this? What? what but I'll start with you, uh, Tom Litchie. What was your reaction when you saw that the best receiver in the country, or the guy who was the best receiver in the country? last year was going to opt out at this late date. Yeah, well, I think we, we touched on it last week. And, and again, I, I'm sure somebody got to his ear and said, you can't help yourself anymore as far as your NFL status and, and prospects um, by playing this year, especially with an unproven quarterback. It's just, it's not going to help you. You, you know, you, you're at your peak right now in terms of your value and your attractiveness as, a, as an NFL prospect. But I would just say this, and, and I think the players should have the ability to, to make these decisions on their own. And I'm fine with whatever decision they make, but at some point it becomes a little selfish. And at this late stage of the season, I think it's a little selfish. If somebody, you saw some star players opt out in early August, probably when practice was just about to start or before it's starting, at least you give your, your coach and your teammates a chance to adjust and adapt to do it at this late date. I think is like I say, unless you have some underlying medical condition that you just discovered unless you you're in a situation where you feel it's, it's truly unsafe and there's an outbreak in your area at your school, whatever. I just think it's a little selfish at this date, this late in the season, when you, you say September 26, we're going to start the SEC. And now these two guys are, are out and, and you know, it forces a major scramble at LSU in Georgia. I mean, those are two key positions, two great players, and, uh, you know, you have to make an adjustment on the fly. I, I guess if you're those two programs, you treat it as an injury. But from a, a teammate standpoint, looks a little selfish. Well, Jamie Newman was supposed to be the starting quarterback on a team that was in everybody's top five. Uh, certainly 
a team that was expected to challenge Alabama and to be, be along with Florida. Georgia and Florida were the best two teams in the SEC East. Now here, the question is, is JT Daniels, the transfer from, from USC, he hasn't been cleared to play yet. He's going to be cleared to play soon, we're hearing. Remember, he had a, a, a knee injury last year at USC. But that's, uh, that's, a, that's a heck of a time to, to be breaking in another quarterback. So keep your, keep your eye on that. Let's, let, let's go to the first big week of games. Blau, you're, you kind of keep an eye on the ACC for us. Uh, what, as you sit there and look at that schedule for this week, you got North Syracuse at North Carolina, Duke at Notre Dame, Georgia Tech at Florida State, Clemson at Wake Forest. Uh, Western mm-hmm. Kentucky at Louisville. Anything jump off the page there for you? What are, what are you? What are you looking for? What are you looking for? A few things, uh, and and one of them, uh, some of my cohorts who who were, who were uh, very high on Miami. I'm, I'm worried about Miami on Thursday night against UAB. Uh, I think that's a great, tough game for the Hurricanes. Uh, you know, they're favored by by double digits, but but I, I, I'd be worried about UAB, and I'm still not convinced about Miami. As for the rest of the ACC, I'm looking forward to see how good North Carolina is. Uh, they they are regarded as one of the sleeper teams. They play Syracuse. That should be a that should be an interesting game for for Carolina to see they could come out firing. They've had a lot of problems in the summer with with COVID as has Syracuse. And the the other thing is is uh, is Wake Forest is, is Clemson gonna gonna come out you know ready to say okay let's let's establish a number one right away and roll over Wake they should they should win easy they're like four touchdown favorites if they come out and they go forty five nothing they're ready to play if if they struggle then obviously we 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 can see what what the system's gonna do and and and, and see how the season is going because we're gonna have these stops and starts throughout the season with with people turning. Uh, a positive tests coming in, and we're gonna ha- we're gonna have problems this year, guys. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. Now, uh, but what's to see where it goes? But in terms of starting out, that's what I see in the ACC. You know, I, I'd be curious what the group thinks. The, the the attitude from people I'm talking to, they everybody feels pretty confident about the start of the season. Obviously, that means you know this week and all that. And and the question is going to be ultimately when you d- do have Outbreaks. How big are they? Can you manage them? And you don't, uh, as opposed to one one person tells us, "Look, we're going to have outbreaks. The question is, how do we manage them, and how do we get the guys back on the field and get, uh, it's under control?" I mean, Herb, I don't know what what people are saying out your way. It, 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 it's not whether or not there will be. There will certainly be outbreaks. The question is, how do you handle the outbreaks when they occur? Yeah, you know that that's a really good point, Tony. I mean, I, I I think that you know having followed what's going on with baseball and especially now, I mean, the St. Louis Cardinals were were out for more than two weeks and they're playing a slew of doubleheaders. I mean, that kind of situation obviously isn't going to work in in college football. You're going to have to either go with what you got, or I think there are some windows where you can reschedule. Although they're saying that I don't maybe unless there was an update. TCU and SMU, which stepped up as a really nice uh, matchup, uh, looks like they're going to have trouble finding a place to reschedule it. But yeah, I mean, it's going to depend on who you are able to put on the field. And if this Tennessee example is anything, I mean, if, if the if the number of players out becomes a you know boggling like at Tennessee, 
then I don't know what you do uh, other than to reschedule and, and try and get everybody uh, available. Well, the, the thing about thing about the Tennessee situation is that uh, the SEC purposely would SEC purposely did a couple of things on purpose, uh, hoping they'd never have to implement them. And that number one again, obviously they started their season. They started to they start their season on September twenty sixth. So that if something like this happens, we're still 20 days away. Uh, there is time to quarantine these guys and get them back out there. The other thing that they did is that they have a universal open date for everyone on December 12th. Uh, there, uh, and if there is a date, let's, let's take Tennessee's first game. If Tennessee has to postpone the game, they already know when they're going to play it. They're going to play it on December 12th. So the hope there in both cases was to give you some flexibility uh, in case there were spikes, particularly after the students came back to campus. Uh, that was uh, that was one of the big, uh, big, big things. All right, let, let's, let's look at the Big 12 schedule. The, this, this is um, – this was the date that the Big 12 put in there. I think everybody's got next week off so they can recover. These are all non-conference games. Louisiana and Iowa State, that was going to be on ESPN. Eastern Kentucky at West Virginia. Louisiana Tech at Baylor. That might be a little interesting. For Dave Aranda's first game as the new Baylor coach. Arkansas State at Kansas State. Missouri State at Oklahoma. We get a chance to see Spencer Rattler, the new uh, – uh, the, the new uh, quarterback at Oklahoma, Tulsa at Oklahoma State, Houston Baptist at uh, Texas Tech, UTEP at Texas, Coastal Carolina at Kansas. So, guys, rather than those particular games, I know they don't look like much, but w- kind of what are you looking? What are you looking for out of the Big Twelve? Oklahoma, I want to see what Oklahoma looks like. Uh, I want to see what Baylor looks like. What are you guys looking for? Mark, we'll start with you. What are you guys looking for? From the Big Twelve. Well, for every year, and I wish you laugh at this. It's, it's the University of Texas. I mean, Texas always talks a big game. Is always mentioned as a possible whatever you want to call it. And very rarely in the last 10, 15 years has has shown up at the end of the season. I mean, and I want to see what happens. They have Sam Owens. They have a quarterback who can who can take him there. I mean, the, the league is not uh, Oklahoma has a freshman quarterback playing, and 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 the rest of Oklahoma State's okay, but Texas should be right up there. Now, will they stumble out of the gate, or, or will they come out roaring and be Texas again? That's that's my big question with, with uh, Big Twelve. And obviously, if 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 if, if uh, Lincoln Riley can develop another high school type quarterback again, oh my goodness, the quarterback whisperer uh, should retire the award in, in Norman, Oklahoma. If that happens with Spencer Rattler. Luke, what, what are your thoughts on the Big 12? A couple of things. I, I want to see Rattler's, a diff, I think, a different kind of quarterback than they've had at uh, Oklahoma for a while. I mean, you look at his size, I think he's around six foot, you know, 195, and, and I, I believe more of a, a pro style pocket passer. So that's a little different because they, they're generally used to getting 1,000 yards. Maybe Baker, Baker Mayfield was the exception, but 1,000 yards from their past couple of quarterbacks. Um, so that's one thing. And, and it's this the team I want to see. I want to see if they're real. I want to see if they can finally do this. Is Iowa State? I mean, they seem to have a lot of talent. Uh, mm-hmm. Their arrow go- is going up. It's been going up for a couple of years. They've become very competitive. They have a, a, a experienced quarterback in Brock Purdy. 
you know, they've, they've done a nice job with rebuilding that program and getting it to where it's competitive in the, in the big 12. If Oklahoma is uncertain at quarterback, if uh, Oklahoma state, you know, can't get over the tension between the, the coach and the star running back. If Texas is not back again, uh, why not Iowa state? Yeah. The Oklahoma state is a team that fascinates me because, because of you mentioned Chuba Hubbard, the fact that uh, Mike Gundy, has been known to step in it from time to time. This is hey, when we were doing our top 16. I mean, you go back and look at the talent at Oklahoma state that they've got coming back, uh, you know, sophomore quarterback, outstanding receivers, uh, Chuba Hubbard, who, who I think is, uh, is as good as running back as there is in the country. And with everything that's happened, I, I'll ask you her, with everything that's happened with Mike Leach, I mean, this isn't the first issue Mike Leach has had since he's been in Oklahoma State. Is is he a guy that could be in trouble if they lose to Oklahoma again for the 800th time? Well, you know, that's a good question, Tony. I think it depends on how it plays out. I mean, if Oklahoma is the world beater that, that many of us expect, you know, there'll, there'll be obviously a lot of restlessness at Oklahoma State, but but I agree with you. You know, when you look at what Gundy has, the question in my mind is, you know, is, are he and his players on the same page? And, and we've heard a lot of accounts that say they are. Uh, they are very talented. You know, they need to take it. They need to equip themselves well this year. I don't I don't think that that they should be in any rush to, to make a change if he doesn't beat Oklahoma, but, but, but Oklahoma state needs to, they need to be knocking on that door. They need to be like an Iowa state and a Texas. They need to be one of those teams that's right there on Oklahoma's heels and, uh, you know, trying to, you know, knock knock that door down. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And Mark, I want to go back to something you said about, uh, Tom Herman. I mean, the, the expectations were so big when Herman got there, when he took the job uh, and they took a step back last season. I mean, if, if this, if this guy goes eight, you know, wins only eight games, something like that, is, is he in trouble? Well, he's always going to be in trouble because it's Texas. And then people expect to 10, 10, 11 wins from Texas. And, and, uh, you know, he better come out of the gate quickly. Cause, you know, didn't he, Two years in a row, didn't he lose to Maryland in, in his opener the last two, yep. two or three years? Yes. I mean, you got you got to come out and, and, and fire on, on all cylinders for Texas. Texas will, will get will hit stride sometimes because they are good and they are talented. But he's he's got to come out and prove himself, and prove himself right away, and 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 then get ready for Oklahoma. You know, in, in October in Dallas. Well, lastly, let's finish up with this tonight's game: Navy and BYU. Uh, I haven't followed Navy that closely, but everything I've read says uh, Coach Ken, they're, they're not as good as they've been in the past. Uh, Luch, what are you expecting out of BYU and Navy tonight? Tonight's game, Tony? Yes. Yeah, no, I, I think I think the big issue for uh, for Navy is they're replacing one of their all-time great quarterbacks, Malcolm Parry. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that I don't, you know, was efficient in and as dangerous as they are with that offense, I'm not sure that that uh, happens very quickly. You know, so that's probably going to take a little time. We may not see Navy hit stride until, uh, you know, middle of the season or so, you know, when they when they have a more established quarterback. Because Perry, Perry was just so – I mean, one of the – probably one of the most underappreciated players in the country considering everything yeah. he did and what his numbers were. 
I mean, he was right. just spectacular last year. Based on what we saw the other day, it looks like Army is going to be the team for the Commander in Chief's Trophy this year. They Army looked Army looked pretty good, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they sure we, did. We, yeah. When you have a 99-yard drive, that usually impresses yourself. No, it's true. Well, we have, and we don't know about you know. We have to see Air Force, but uh, yeah, you're right, Tony. I mean, it's just uh, you know, Army looks like uh, you know they're back on solid footing again, and Navy always has been, you know. Um, but again, I, I just worry because that that offense is, is so predicated on having a, an experienced quarterback, you know, who who can operate it. Um, not that most offenses aren't, but that one's more intricate. Um, you worry about Navy right off the bat, but you know, they, they, they've done a great job down there. So we'll, we'll see what happens with their quarterback situation. Guys, I, I, I think from a, from, a, from a TV standpoint, I think it, it I love, would have loved to see Navy versus uh, Notre Dame, but, but I think the fact that BYU instead of Notre Dame will make it more competitive, which may, will make it a more entertaining game than it might have been, because I think if it was Navy, Notre Dame, uh, then I think Notre Dame would, would, would run right over. I mean, it would be a one-sight game. So that might be a competitive game at the very least. All right. Well, we, we will tune in and watch. Well, gentlemen, we are out of time. Before we go, we want to th- say thanks again to our friends, our sponsors at APA, uh, the unchallenged king of realistic game simulation. And thanks once again to David at Revelation Studios in Chino. Uh, where we understand it is a bit on the warm side today. So good luck to you guys. Uh, gentlemen, as always, it's a pleasure. We'll be back here uh, next week. Stay safe. And until then, carry on. <laughs>